All right, I'm doing an impromptu cooler talk. I was picking up my, my my goods from the old drink store, and I was like, yeah, I should just pick up something nice and light. I've been seeing a bunch of stuff on the internet about collagen, how it's good for your skin. Yeah, sure. So I got a collagen sparkling tea <laughs> from the company called Skin Tea. That's terrible. Hibiscus terrible. vanilla flavored. Let me tell you, it was really good for about the first like 80%. And then at the end there, I got something like thick and a little chunky. Ooh. Completely ruined the experience for me. Ben might even have to post the blooper of me getting a foul look on my face, walking over and spinning it into my sink. Yeah, no, it was a tough look for sure. I didn't see you drink the first uh, 80%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been sipping it for a little bit. Uh, yeah. Uh, f- firm recommend on don't drinking that don't don't drinking that don't drink that rating a- after what i just went through right there like a two two <laughs> yeah feel free to like like put like a sick beat drop <laughs> on this and use it as like your intro Welcome back to the Standard Desk Podcast. This is episode 48. Uh, or is it 49? 49. 49. 49. We're almost at the big 5-0. Yeah, huge. Almost over um, the hill. It is our one-year anniversary, the day we're recording. We didn't plan it, just uh, serendipitous as we are for some sh- Something. There's a vocab word for you. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna hash that out today a little bit. Do a little year in review. We're gonna be talking about uh, Twitter upvotes, which is wild. Um, dining, various dining experiences, and dining qualms. And um, there's something else. The U.S. News, uh, yes, report on colleges. <laughs> yeah, roasting U.S. News. <laughs> To be determined. Just assuming that's what I'm going to do. Speaking of roasting and cooking, uh, I had a few dining experiences this uh, this past weekend that I wanted to discuss. So right. last week, um, so we've, we've talked about tipping, right? And yep. like, you know, all that, whatever. So I went to this restaurant. You know what? I'll just name it. I went to this restaurant called John and Vinny's. It's a pretty... <laughs> I thought you were going to say something like Raising Cane's. <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to say it. Carl's Jr. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Ronald. <laughs> um, no, so I went to this place called John and Vinny's. It's a pretty well-established Italian restaurant here in Los Angeles. Um, heard great things. Very hyped, you know, kind of like one of those influencer-type beats. Um but yeah, so whatever, it was, food is fine. I got a bolognese. My uh, better half got a um, spicy vodka penne, which was gasolina. But uh, then we got the bill and um, we were like, wow, that looks really, that looks like a lot more than we, we thought it would be. And then we see 18% service fee. We're like, oh, they just added, they just automatically, they do auto grab. They automatically attack on the, the tip so they don't get chintzed out of a good tip. No, you keep reading on the receipt and the receipt says the included service fee is not the tip. This service fee is what we include to ensure all of our employees are paid a livable wage, blah, 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 blah. We uh, encourage you to tip on top of the 18% service fee. So, you know, just disclaimer, I believe everyone <laughs> deserves to have a livable wage. I really do. Everyone deserves a roof over their heads, et cetera. But Dan, what, how do you feel about this? Instant reactions. I mean, knee jerk is that I would tip 2%. I plead just the fifth. Just, just to round up to that 20 my lips are sealed, but that's essentially what I did, bro. Yeah, like I'd just toss a few buckaroos their way if they did a really good job. But if they're they're what they're what they're trying to say, I think, is that they're baking in the tip to their regular pay. I wonder what, but they're the, but they're but they expect a tip on top of the service fee. You know, they encourage a tip. Uh-huh. That's a little different, I think. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so John and Vinny's at as a server. 
you make $18 an hour. That's okay. I think that's, so what you, what, what's that's, normal? That's sh- more than like, a lot of servers. That's more than people doing other jobs too. Sure. So I think with that much, a two per, two to 5% tip is not egregious. So, so you're assuming that includes that service fee? I'm assuming, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what Indeed is is telling me. But then it's like, okay, it's just like then the rules are entirely rewritten. Now you it's got like, what you wanted, Ben. This now is it's like, what... okay, you can't just pay twenty percent and you like can feel like a good person, feel like a decent person. You did your part. Now it's like, okay, now how am I not a jerk? <laughs> What percent do I need now to not to cross that threshold from jerk to good person? I think, I think zero is, I would assume zero is expected. And then anything else is just like a kind of added little attaboy. I don't think that's, I wish I had. And the why, why don't you think that is? Why don't you think that? I wish I had the blurb from the receipt because it just, it seemed like, like they made a point multiple times. This is not the tip. Please tip on top of this. I think they're saying that just to encourage extra pay for their workers, because who wouldn't do that? But okay, yeah. But they're I mean, not going to. They're not going to tell you this is this is the tip. Don't give them any more money. Stop. We refuse. Like I think the workers would riot if they if they actually said something yeah. like that. Okay, that's I, fair. I think that is a respectable business practice. You're getting eighteen dollars an hour to, as a server. I think that's fair. Okay, I think that's. I think even that's great pay. <clears throat> Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, it is. Yeah. I, I was about to say. I kind of forgot for a second where this was. But I mean, what? Tap, tacking on another five dollars per patron and tip because that's probably. I think that's what, what I did. Getting. I think I did. I think I I did the math and I brought it up to twenty two percent. Feel like that's. But I still felt bad because I only gave five bucks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but. That's adding on an extra $5 for probably the hour that you were sitting there. 23 bucks an hour is pretty good. Yeah. Maybe not for LA, but still. (laughs) I'm sure there are other high rollers that are hopefully tipping more than me. I bet you But it's like, see, then I'm the the chintzer. I'm the cheapo. Why do you care? (laughs) Because I care. (laughs) It's all about me. It's all about making me feel good. Yeah, that's, we got to the root of it. <laughs> There's no such thing as true altruism. That's a fact. Yeah. So, I mean, it sucks because John and Vinny's is the exception to the rule. So there's not an expected behavior. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And they're not going to tell you to pay less. Right. Yeah. We need a societal change for you to be comfortable <laughs> with John and Vinny's. Oh, actually, they had like 8%. 10%, 12% on there. So as like suggested. Okay, so they're not expecting a full tip on top, which is good. But they're not expecting 2%. Sure, but do you think they're going to be like, yeah, here's 2 4 and 5% for your tip options. All right, all right. You got to think in the mind of a businessman. <laughs> You're right. This is a standing desk podcast. What is this, Benji for you? Trying to give <laughs> bad business recommendations? Benji for you. That's pretty good. Uh, okay, so second dining experience. Not really dining, but um, I went to a brewery. So I've recently decided that I'm not drinking beer anymore. <laughs> that being said, Ben went it to always a makes you feel terrible. Yeah, he's probably for for future for disclaimer for the uh, for the audience. Ben has said this probably five times in his life, and each time he keeps crawling back. No, but this time I'm convinced. I have the strength. There are a ton of people in full programs that say the same thing as you, man. Um, <laughs> I need to go to like some sort of anonymous group where I like. <laughs> can confess for all the things that I've said I was going to do that I don't end up doing, like watching baseball and <laughs> not drinking cheese. <laughs> drinking <laughs> cheese? Or not, let alone drinking it. Brother. Yeah, you don't eat those, you don't drink those cheese smoothies in the morning? Cheese curd beer. 
I love my my Munster and broccoli green juice. Oh, Mike. <laughs> anyway, so I was at this brewery, and uh, it's a brewery, so they only have beer. Yep. That's inherently applied in the name. Okay, so usually, so I've been to a, a fair amount of breweries, and they usually have at least one wine. It could be a house-made shitty wine. I don't care. Maybe just like a fifth of Tito's in the back for some like Perrier in that. You got a gin or a vodka tonic. Um, they had nothing but beer. So I had to have a beer. <laughs> because I wasn't not going to drink. Oh. <laughs> that was out of the question. This is one of the most egregious complaints about an establishment I've it's ever heard in my life. This man's been in LA for too long. Yeah, I'm in LA for of, of all places, bro. Um, so, do you think that every place should have one no. non-beer option, or like if it's a wine bar, should they always have a beer option? No. Why? Because if I'm going to a brewery. My, my thing is I make good beer. I want you to have my beer. Here is all of the beer that I make. I do not want to sell somebody else's product in my own establishment because that could, get, if it's bad wine, that could give a good or a bad name to my establishment. I want you to have my beer that I control because it is a brewery in which I am assuming people are coming to drink beer. Right. But usually I feel like people go to breweries with their friends their friend says oh hey i know this great brewery that just opened up which that's another conversation <laughs> that's not a real outing <laughs> anyway that's my hot take bro that hot, that's more of a hot take than what you're saying right now it ha- people try to brand it like it's this event it is not it's like going to a restaurant but with no food <laughs> or bad food <laughs> Okay, well, I can. It's like made out to be this whole special thing. When I first heard we're going to a brewery, like first time someone told me they were doing it, I thought they were like touring the Coors factory. <laughs> I thought they were like seeing how it was made with the yeast and yeah, hops. instead of just like going somewhere and trying their new beer. Yeah. So, would you like not go to a vineyard to like try their new stuff? That's different because I like wine. What's, your, the, what's the difference? No, 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 that's different. That's different. That's different because at a brewery, you're not like seeing the processes. You like see the the steel s- cylinders holding the the beer, <laughs> and you're next to it where it's also being made. Yeah, but you, you're not seeing the process of it being made. And at a vineyard, you're seeing grapes. On a vine. <laughs> I want to see grapes smashed at the vineyard, dude. And at the vineyard, at least you're outdoors. You're in like a in a unique environment that you're rarely in. All breweries look the same. This sounds like more of just a Ben hating on beer in general. I don't think so. I, don't I think, think so. if you liked beer, you would be like, yeah, I could see going to a brewery. I used to like beer though, and I've never thought it was that cool. You liked beer when drinking beer meant a 30 rack, a Keystone light. And if we were feeling fancy, a little something from like. We need a brewery of just like all the shitty beers, bro. Bro, you already talked about the Coors Factory. (laughs) I want them all in one place. Like you got Rolling Rock, Coors Light, Keystone, Natty Light, Natterdays on tap. A nightmare plaza of beer. (laughs) I don't That's think disgusting. The- <laughs> um, um, okay, I guess that answers that question. I don't know. I'm I'm pro brewery. I think I I don't think that's an awful outing. I think it's no different than going to a bar. That's what I'm saying. It's not bad. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, just not like. So would you not say, "Oh, let's go try this new bar"? Mm, not as like uh, that's the one thing we're doing. <laughs> That's Why? so that's so much worse than trying a new restaurant. Okay. It's not even close. Like I think a bar going to a bar, even if it's a new bar, it's it has to be the um 
the, I don't know, the successor to, not successor, it has to be the postscript to the first event. It can, it can never be the main event because it's like, how cool can this bar really be? Unless it's that bar in Phoenix where you're like underwater or whatever. Oh, undertow. Yeah. Yeah. That's an experience that's pretty, bar. That's yeah. unique. Yeah. But uh, like trying out Cornish pasty, bro. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anyone's ever said like, dude, we got to go check out Cornish pasty. <laughs> I don't know. It's not a main event sort of thing to me. Well, today we learned that Ben hates fun. Yeah. He loves wine and grapes. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think those are my only. Oh, yeah. One last di- dining topic for discussion. Um, so I went on a double date with my girlfriend's cousin and her Aussie boyfriend. Um, crikey. Yeah, crikey is right. No, good guy. Good guy. I was a fan. I hadn't been on a double date in a while, but alone with someone I had never met before. And uh, he was a funny dude, very dry sense of humor, you know, those Aussies. Um, but so the, the, the restaurant was really loud. Like, uh, yeah, you had to like scream to hear each other. Yeah, I hate that. Really? I kind of liked it because or for a double date, because like, oh, yeah, it feels the awkward silence. Yeah. yeah. There's never an awkward silence because like you have to fill half the time with reiterating your first point. <laughs> Right. So my question for you is what is your ideal double date? Wow, you're I mean, I'm just so blindsided. Um, <laughs> I would say this it's an icebreaker. Man, uh, I would say it's it would have to involve some sort of activity. That is the perfect time filler and perfect conversation filler as well. Yeah. I don't know why axe throwing just came to mind. But you, <laughs> Me too. But you could be like, oh, wow, look at these axes being thrown. This is hard. I wonder if there is a strategy to this. What is your strategy to throwing the axe? <laughs> hey, buddy, that was a good throw. Things like that can fill the time while you're also probably sipping on a beer. Because then you're like, oh, sorry, I can't talk. I am drinking beer. It's almost or, hey, like let me go walk to get another beer. <laughs> yep. Check out my new show, The Rehearsal by... <laughs> I think that show was actually based on your life. I don't know if we've talked about the inner monologue on this, uh, but to standards who don't know, Dan will sometimes rehearse conversations. Can we, can we talk about this? Are you okay with this? I don't care. You will rehearse conversations ahead of time so that he's like mentally prepared. He's in the zone for what might occur, which is very similar to a Nathan Fielder show on HBO. I mean, whether it's like, pre like way pre conversation or mid conversation if someone else is talking i'll be like okay i could say this and it could go here or maybe i'll go somewhere else with it choose your own adventure literally i'm i'm like a bad like choose your own adventure book or <laughs> it's just way more anxious <laughs> three of the four options are puns and the fourth is mentioning the pod all right do i want a dry joke or a pun <laughs> uh Okay, so activity, so axe throwing. Yeah, that just came to mind. Bowling, because then I'm literally just walking away from the situation. So you're saying minimize the amount of time you actually have to talk to someone? I'm I'm saying give yourself the most possibilities for outs as possible. Totally. You have to be prepared for every situation. (laughs) That's right. Okay, I like it. Would you ever do like a two-parter, or is that too risky? A two-parter date, as in... You go axe throwing, then you go to dinner or vice versa. It would have to be dinner, then axe throwing. If dinner went really bad, then I can just start throwing the axes at them and then they'll they'll leave. Yo, go stand over there. I just wanted to like get like a depth. depth You would look really good next to the target. I don't ever tell you (laughs) that. It's a perception thing. I have issues with like measuring lengths. Yep. Yep. Or if it's like go-kart racing, I could just drive away. Defense. Goodbye. <laughs> Could crash into him like Mario Kart. Yeah. And, ah, yeah, you gotta leave. You got whiplash. You have to leave. Ah, that's on me. Hey, that's on me. Okay, um, that's our dining uh, roundtable. <laughs> uh, we'll see you in a sec. All right, welcome back. This is Icebreaker, where we call someone and ask them a random question or two or three or four. So um, this week we have 
Uh, my good friend Henry, he is an OG stander, truly. I believe he got a shout-out a couple weeks ago. He really mm-hmm. has been an ardent supporter since uh, day one. So as we celebrate our year in uh, podcasting excellence, <laughs> shout-out Henry. Uh, we're going to give him a call. The reason he hasn't gotten a call earlier is because he's on the um, in East, East Coast time zone, so it's hard to reach him. What do I have two numbers for him? He's got a burner. <laughs> oh, he lives in Ohio. He lives in Cincinnati. That's important. Yo, Henge, you've got the Standing Desk podcast. What's good? Uh, this, I mean, it, things just got a lot better. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, you were at the Reds game, right? Went to the Reds game. Couldn't make it a full nine, to be honest. Baseball's pretty boring. <laughs> I was like. I was like, okay, I think we're going to call Henry. Let me check the red score. Um, 5-1, top of the ninth. I was like, yeah, he's available. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, so um, you're a fan of the show, uh, so appreciate your fandom. Uh, so you, <laughs> That's right. So you know how Icebreaker works. We got a few questions for you. And uh, we'll go from there. So um, you're the only person I know who lives in Ohio currently. So our our icebreaker is Ohio and Midwest themed. So, all right. My, my first question is, what is the worst city in the Midwest? Or we're sorry, worst state in the Midwest? You already talked about Ohio. Yeah, is there anything there? I mean, corn. <laughs> okay. It's kind of good. I mean, there's a lot of Final Fours that get played there. So, True. You know, I guess they got that going for Big them. basketball town. That's about it. You know what? Cool. The cold stadium is cool. Been to a couple games there. It's dope. So, I'll give them Lucas Oil Stadium. But that's about it. There's a reason everyone in Indiana just boozes and watches sports. There's nothing else to do. And they do it well. That's right. All right, my next question is, what's the worst part about living in Ohio? The worst part about living in Ohio? I mean, man, these winters kick my ass. I don't <laughs> like the winters. I'm still an Arizona dog at heart. That's right. With those winters. Does it snow? The winters, and I'd say the, uh, the general obesity level. <laughs> I would put that in number two. <laughs> what? That comes out here. What's the, what's the most popular fast food chain there? <sighs> so, I mean... I mean, it's the normal. I mean, it's okay. the top dogs, but there's a lot of like smaller ones that are like good and like so fattening. So I'll list some of those. I mean, you got Culver's, which I think is. Oh, yeah. Good. The Butter Burger. Disgusting, bro. <laughs> you gotta love it. Butter Burgers. That should be illegal. going to shout him out so that's good if he wants to be or not and then i mean yeah we don't have in and out i gotta say that is tough uh okay so then what's the best part about living in ohio best part i mean i went to ohio state so i mean ohio state football is pretty fucking dope and then i'm sorry i don't know if i can cuss on this show no you're good you're good Do you want to see Bronny, uh, Bronny James, go to Ohio State? Need to see that kid in the uh, the Kroger Value Arena. <laughs> Do you hate LeBron's fandom of Ohio State? It's kind of bizarre, but I'll roll with it. He's the king. <laughs> <laughs> That's fact. All right. So on sports, so we just got a couple more questions. Uh, okay, wh- what's a worse team name? The Cleveland Guardians or the Washington Commanders? <laughs> Commanders is arguably worse. I'm gonna say commanders solely because I actually kind of like the Washington football team. I thought that was hilarious. It was so good. <laughs> I really liked it. Me too. I, like, I kind of yeah, I, that that grew on me quickly. 
so I'll go Commanders. All right, that's the right answer. And then my, my final question. So you're obviously a Bengals fan, but you're also, I'd say, a bigger Suns fan. So yeah. we have a would you rather. Would you rather oh, awesome. Would you rather have the Bengals win three championships in the next decade or three Super Bowls in the next decade, and you're there to experience all of them, you're in Cincinnati, or would you rather have the Suns win three championships over the next decade, but you can't see any of them in person or step foot in Phoenix? Can I get a victory parade in Phoenix? No, no celebrations. No attendance? You can watch. You can watch on TV, but you can't be in, in Arizona from so May to that's, August. That's pretty devilish if you just throw <laughs> that, uh, that in there. Gotta be honest. I'm gonna take Suns still, though. That's, Let's go. That's my OG team. You're a true fan. That's, that was that was the first uh, first pro sports team I ever loved. So that's that's got to stay one. But yeah, I mean that's diabolical. <laughs> Love that. All right, Henry, thank you a bunch for being on the show. We appreciate you, man. Hey, appreciate it. Love the show. Keep it up. Thanks. Bye. Peace. Wow. Great answers. Yeah. Do you think everyone in the Midwest has beef with the other states because they think that they're more boring than the other Midwest states? (laughs) Dude, I think so. (laughs) I mean, not a lot of notes on what he had to say. I mean, Ohio does sound very, 60 degrees does sound like a nice, I mean, Four seasons sound. Four seasons is cool. Four I've seasons. I've never cool. had that. Uh, I, I do need to make a trip out to Ohio to see what why there's people living there. Uh, <laughs> why all of our elections are decided by them? But yeah, I've got a few coworkers in Ohio, and they really like it. So I'm like, all right, maybe, maybe I gotta, maybe I gotta see what all the rage is about. I mean, what LeBron part? What likes uh, kind of outside Cleveland, I think. Okay. Got to see where the king grew up. You know, That's I right. Go Akron. Akron, rise up. I just always think of that 2000 and maybe 10 interview with Joaquin Noah, where he's doing, he's like, they just like just lost a game to the Cavs or something, or like the mid playoff series with the Cavs. And he's like, I've never heard anyone say like, I want to go to Cleveland. Like, you guys, <laughs> like he like asked the reporters, he's like, you guys think Cleveland's cool? <laughs> Thank you. I think that's just more Midwest states having beef with each other. Okay. Like outside of Chicago, like what's Illinois doing, man? If they want so much beef, why don't they just go to Culver's? All right. Ain't that the truth. And we're back. All right. So uh, we're going into the second third of the show. It's time to take a moment to reflect. You know, (laughs) it's been a, it's as, as of today, I got the, at least I got the email today. Uh, it has been one year of the Standing Desk podcast. We posted our Happy first birthday, ep- Standing Desk. We posted our first episode one year ago today. Uh, and since then, this is this will be our 48th or 49th episode. I don't remember which one it was. We said it at the beginning. So someone This will be our 49th. This will be our 49th episode. A lot has happened since then. Yep. The podcast has evolved and changed. I would hope, uh, dare to say that we've gotten better at podcasting in that time. I agree. Um, Somehow, I thought we were already the best ever. Yeah, I mean, hey, you can you can take a ninety-seven to a ninety-nine, you know. Best um, to ever plug in a mic. <laughs> so in that time, uh, we I, I think one thing that Ben and I take a lot of pride on in this podcast is the naming of the episode itself. It's something sure. we take very seriously. <laughs> I think it's probably the most entertaining part about our podcast. Dare I say? So Whoa. Ben and I, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, so Ben and I have each. Uh, put together a list of our top five, I'd say in no particular order. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might have one or two that are closer to the top than others, uh, but our top five episodes names, and we're going to start with comparing that. And then we're going to take a little bit of a deeper dive into, you know, the, the people behind the podcast, the standards. So before we start, Dan, I just, I got to give credit where credit's due. I've had um, multiple existential crises over the past year where I've thought like, do we need to put the what we talk about in the title instead of the crazy names? Do we need to get get rid of these the zany names? And you you uh, you talked me off the ledge multiple times. So these uh, you owe these titles to Daniel Daniel this Carr. Is, this is my favorite part. Standard Commander himself. All right, Dan, you go first. All right, so I'm going to come in with an honorable mention, which is technically two honorable mentions. Uh, that will be Jay Leno as the Joker, yeah. both part one and part two. Somehow those were subsequent episodes. 
they were compl- recorded on different days, but I somehow ended up at the same awful joke uh, you know, with Jay Leno as the Joker. <laughs> when I was going back, I realized that was the week in between was when we had the last episode. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Wow. So we technically recorded an episode between those two. It was not intended to be back to back, but then the last episode, which is episode 47 uh, is in between there. So that makes it almost worse that two times with a week in between, I made the same Jay Leno as the Joker joke. It's also just bozo behavior on both of us that we didn't think that people might think this was a continuation of the first one. Yeah. So fewer people might listened to the second part, which did happen, but uh, we won't get into that. It was like, you know, 10,000 versus the 20,000 for listeners. Right, 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 right. But alas, uh, going into my number five or just, you know, one of the five greatest, uh, I'm going to go with Mona Lisa is not that hot. Okay, That's a classic, bro. That's one of my favorite episodes, period. That was one of the early ones. Yeah, that was one of our early ones, but it's a, it grabs your attention. It makes a bold statement, and we'll see how that translated into listens uh, later on in this analysis. Okay, very exciting. So my honorable mention is uh, that Almond had a family. That was one of the best bits uh, we've ever had. Um, just a just a great bit. Something about like how vegetables have feelings or something. Well, we were talking about like vegan, like pita friendly terms. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> And somehow we got on almonds being milked. I don't know. Uh, then my first one is TD. No, I had to do it. Barbara Broccoli. Barbara Bro- Broccoli. It's that like was- kind of messed up because that's like a real person's name. Shout out Barbara. Barbara. Uh, no, she's killing it. I think she's fine. <laughs> it's one of my goals on this podcast to get big enough to where we can invite her on as a guest. To have Barbara on, dude. Yeah, that's a need. Going into my next one, uh, this is a recent episode, but it's I the name is it flows really well. Uh, YNW Wally. Oh, it's so good. I didn't hear this joke live, and when Dan told me at the end, I died. It was that was so good. I, for those of you that don't know, YNW is like a like a prefix that a bunch of rappers use. Mm-hmm. So. And, and Melly, the, there's a rapper named YNW, Melly. Yeah. Very close. Uh, we're talking about rapping robots. It was, it was funny. You had to be there. Go listen yeah. to the episode. Um, uh, okay, my next one, a true classic. I think we can both agree is Famine. Yeah, that's my number one. That's so good, bro. Famine is the single greatest name we've <laughs> ever had. <laughs> I don't know why we thought of it. I just remember like saying famine on, or like yeah. one of us saying famine on that episode. And we both like died laughing. I don't think we even had a discussion on what the title should be. I think we both knew even without. Uh, it was supposed, it was always famine. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. It was always famine. <laughs> I mean, um, that could be this episode's title. Yeah, baby. Uh, do you want to go with another one since my, oh, I sure. had famine on my list? All right. My next one is Ford Transit. Maybe this is just because we talked about it, but Ford Transit in the Vineyard. Is, uh, mm, topical. The visual that gives, I think it's underrated. I think it's yeah. underrated. That was that was one of my finer rants you know, <laughs> and, uh, on this podcast. Model. Yeah, but that was again another great episode. Give it a listen if you haven't already. Uh, for my next one, I'm going with Beaver Skin. <laughs> that was that was on my short list. That's a good. Oh, one. Just I don't know why it just. The word beaver is kind of funny. And then beaver skin is just a whole weird visual. I don't know. There's something about that that really tickles my funny bone. For sure. Um, Okay. My next one is uh, the tomato tyrant. Mm, That was close on mine too. Yeah. I don't know. It just, that's you, man. I am the tomato tyrant. (laughs) It it flows so well. It, uh, it it encapsulates one of our brilliant co-hosts. So got to do it. Yeah. Oh man. And my last one is it, this is like, this isn't, this is probably top three. If I had to rank them, um, it's break your femurs. <laughs> yeah. That's a great one. That's well, a great one. I get just a stunning visual of <laughs> we are talking about like jumping into water. I oh, know, that's right. And yeah. somehow we just talked about, yeah, you should just break your femurs. Yeah. So shout out, shout out episode, break your femurs. Uh, my final one is, uh, 
an evergreen one. It could probably be the title for half our episodes, and that is classic white boy behavior. Mm. It's so central to our identity. It it had to make the list. That could almost be the name of the podcast. Yeah, I'm honest. (laughs) You know how many times Kanye's come up in this... There, like last week, there was a bunch of Kanye news, but I, I held off. Even had to stay away guess. from it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Agreed. Oh man, so those are our top five uh, favorite episode titles. But what were your guys's favorite top five? Uh, if we're judging this based on listens, then I'm going to tell you the answer. So I'm going to disregard our first ever episode just because that's kind of the default for people. Um, so that is our most listened to episode, and then after that, we have. A clear number one after that, a clear number two, and then we have th- four episodes tied for the third spot. So I'll go through them all. So tied in, in the third spot are four episodes with equal numbers of listens. Impressive is the following. Jay Leno as the Joker, the first one. Of course. Crack the top. Uh, <laughs> famine. Oh. Another personal favorite of ours. Hey. Uh, eating cat food. Ah, I, I, we were eating, I forget we were, what we were eating. I think it was like seaweed Pringles or something yeah, like that. Tasted like, tasted like cat food. Uh, and then nothing was a special cooler talk or something. <laughs> it, it was a special edition cooler talk. Um, <laughs> and then there was a mildly topical one. Nothing aesthetic about a hay bale. Just about ah, that time again. The good one. Yep. Episode five. That was our fifth ever episode. And that is the only episode outside of our first one within our top 10 that was one of our first 10 episodes so highly successful episode uh coming in in the number two spot is one of my personal favorites mona lisa is not that hot ah that's number two that's number two outside of our first episode all right so i think part of that is because my coworkers were asking me about my podcast i'm like you should listen Ah. to that episode so that might have something to do with it and then coming in at number one is our 13th ever episode the genius zone Oh, I, yeah, that's true. I When I've looked at the metrics, that one always stands out. Yeah. What about that? I don't know what it is about that one. Maybe it was something about the name and people were intrigued by it. I don't know. Very buzzwordy. People probably thought it was like one of those self-help podcasts that tells you how to like embrace your best strengths. Yeah. And be- Boy, were they disappointed. The time you're 40. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very disappointed. That's what like the best version of this podcast could be. But yeah. But alas, here we are. But right. A little deeper dive into those numbers, though. I do want to take a step deeper and oh, kind God. of say, who makes up those numbers? I want to tell you okay. standards about yourselves. Okay. So our most popular platform, Ben, do you think it is Spotify or Apple Podcasts? Spotify. It is Spotify. 52% of our listens come from Spotify. 30% come from Apple Podcasts. So shout out to our Apple Applers. What are the other 18? Uh, other. That kind of scares me. Huh. Don't like that. Um, and there's that ca- one. There's that one that like, like weirdos use. <laughs> Safari. I'm not gonna say that. No, it's like I don't know. Mm. Have to get back to you. Yeah, you're about to insult 13 of our audience. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, and then Chromecast Player. I think that's just like the Spotify desktop app. I think that's what that is. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's for people are listening, but. A little bit on the ages. Yeah, we get age demographic information, folks. Uh, nobody between the ages of zero and 17 listens to this podcast. So that's good. <laughs> Not a single person. Not a, we have never gotten a listen from someone between the ages of zero and 17. Um, probably for the best. <laughs> less than 1% of our listenership comes from the ages of 18 to 22. So shout out our collegiate kids out okay. there. Okay. okay. You're out there grinding. I like it. Yep. Yep. Uh, 69% of our population nice. comes from the 23 to 27 year old demographic. <laughs> young professionals. <laughs> young professionals. That's all who of our best friends. Shout out nope. all the homies. That's not true. Um, Just kidding. Uh, all of our listeners are our best friends. <laughs> true. Uh, an additional 22% then comes from the 28 to 44 age range. And then okay. the final 9% comes from the 45 plus area our parents we have no seasoned ceos the board board of directors they're listening to this all the board members bro all right i'm in zuck's ear dude (laughs) oh man but these people this is proof that these are not all exclusively just our friends well besides the fact that all of our standards are our friends or family based on geographic location 
these are the places that do listen to this international world-renowned podcast right. we're breaking barriers 91 percent of our listenership does come from the greatest country on earth the uh england podcasters <laughs> without borders yeah oh. <laughs> Standards without borders. Oh my! God. <laughs> uh, the United States makes up ninety-one percent of our listeners. Okay, so there's quite a lot of border happening there. America, but baby. then, what do you think is our second largest listenership location, country outside of the United States? Give me Australia. Australia is the right answer. Let's go. Five percent of our listens come from Australia. This isn't just like a one-off situation. This is a legitimate. (laughs) Yeah, love us. Shout out to the down under. (laughs) Uh, There's a few expected in here with less than one percent, including the United Kingdom and Canada. Uh, But then we have one of the most unbelievable hosts of countries that have at least given us a listen or two over the years. Over the year, Bosnia and Herzegovina. Uh, No, (laughs) Uh, we have. Someone in Ukraine has listened to the podcast. Oh, shout out. It's, it's honestly probably the episode where I talked about the person that was supposed to send me my pants from Ukraine, but I never got them right as Maybe. the war started. Maybe. So they probably were checking in to see if they ever I ever got them and talked about them. And If we hadn't made it clear by now, the standing desk uh, stands with Ukraine, of course. I hope that goes without saying. Big blue and yellow squad over here. Uh, Singapore. We've had a listener Singapore. from Singapore. Always wanted to go. Sweden. A lot of the Nordic countries, including Switzerland and the Netherlands, the Czech Republic, Trinidad and Tobago, Hong Kong, Malaysia, Slovenia, Kuwait. How, how do these people stumble across the, the stand-up podcast? I'm not going to question it. <laughs> Belgium, Portugal, Argentina, Puerto Rico, India, and have I mentioned Hungary yet? Uh, no. And Hungary. We truly are Monsieurs Worldwide. That is unbelievable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So somehow that is the way that it has gone. We appreciate each and every listen that we've gotten on the pod. Shout out to everyone. Shout out to all. At home and abroad. The United Nation of Standers. Welcome back to the Standing Desk Podcast. We are doing Cooler Talk. It's everybody's favorite part of the show. <laughs> um. So Dan, or so... To all our new listeners, this is a segment where Dan and I get a drink and we try it live on the pod. Uh, usually it's one we've never tried before. Sometimes we do the same drink. Sometimes we do a different drink uh, or different drinks. Uh, like last week, we both did Sunny D. This week, we have our own. So, Dan, what do you got this week? Absolutely. Uh, before I get into my one, uh, my, my one drink. Because when have we ever done multiple? Um, this episode, actually, we, we had the we, bonus off rip. Yeah, that's true. We also actually did do another episode with two. We both did Mickey's in that one where right. I came and visited you. Um, I would like to say, because it is our one year, I took a look back at the old Standing Desk Cooler Talk rankings uh, spreadsheet, which is available via our oh. link tree on our Instagram. Well done. That's heads um, up baseball right there. What? That's heads that's up baseball right there. You best believe it. So I wanted to go over our top rated drinks of the year. So Ben, your top rated drink was the Shaka Tea Hawaii Lemon Lokalani Rose. So I think I forgot to add last week. What? My bad. I forgot to add last week. Awful. It's sunny. Regardless. Is it really? Yeah, I was 8.8. You were 8.9. Okay. So outside of Sunny D. um, (laughs) Ben's is Shaka Tea Hawaii Lemon Lokalani Rose, which got an 8.4. So good. So shout out to them. His least favorite drink was the Salty Organic Dragon Fruit Super Aid, so which came you, at zero. If you listen to this pod, you might remember that I um, I didn't even get to try this drink because the can didn't open. It sliced my finger open, and I was in oh. Dan's hotel room, the Beverly Hilton, uh, trying to bandage my uh, my finger. It was dark. Open gash. Yeah. And for reference, Mickey's, the malt liquor Mickey's got a five from Ben. And that, (laughs) yeah. So there's a few items on here that got lower than a five from Ben. So that's tough. For me, my top uh, rated item outside of Sunny Delight uh, was Ocean Bomb Bubble Milk Tea and the Poppy Prebiotic Soda Watermelon Flavor coming at an 8.1. 
That's that's inflated. That that doesn't yeah. add up. My least favorite was the thick water. <laughs> Shut that up, was zero. That was an earned zero. <laughs> For the record, yeah. I gave a PBR of four point seven. <laughs> When did you have a PBR? That was the same episode that you ripped your finger open. It was ah. the cannabis infused one. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Without further ado, though, I'm going a repeat brand, uh, but not the repeat drink that I've had before. So if you all recall in episode 38, I had an immunity elderberry shot from Suja. It got That's a right. very, a very strong 3.5 from me. So I decided I might as well give him another chance. We're going with... Going with the Suja digestion shot, uh, which includes the following ingredients. Uh, coconut water. I'll take that. Boom. Pineapple juice. Delightful. Boom. Ginger juice. A little spicy, but okay. Uh, apple cider vinegar. Okay. Now we're, now we're starting to get somewhere. Okay. Uh, lemon juice. Again, very acidic. Cherry extract. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Ginseng extract. And ground cayenne pepper. This is going to hurt. Yeah. I do also have a kind of dry lips right now. Uh, so this is really going to hurt. <laughs> so I'm going to give her a, cr- a little crack open. Okay. Probably couldn't hear that at all. Uh, I'm just going to do it. I need to shake it a little bit and then I'm going to put it down the hatch. This is supposed to help my guts. So let's hope it actually does that. It has 4,000 milligrams of ginger. Jesus. Each. All right. Down the hatch. Well, oh, sorry. Smell. Oh. <laughs> I put it right up my nose. That's very acidic. Um, it just it it's smells. If like there was like a lemon scented battery acid, this is probably what it would smell like. Uh, <laughs> still, still better than a four local gold though. All right, down the hatch. We'll see if it's better than a four local gold. Wow! Didn't I get that one week? You did. <laughs> um, a lot of tongue tingly feelings. Okay. Uh. It was better than the other one. Do you think it would cure you of any ailments? It would cause me to, if I had a very upset stomach or something, it would cause me to expel probably everything in it. (laughs) I think that's the key. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's still not good. I I don't want that to get twisted at all. This is not something I enjoyed drinking. uh, So I'll give it a four. What did it taste like? It's like sharp ginger. It's not like kind of a palate cleanser. Like right. it, you can really taste the acidity in both the cayenne and in the lemon juice. Like an immunity shot from Whole Foods. Exactly. Got it. A lot like that. Ate it's, that. And it's, it's sticking around. It's, Is it in your nostrils yet? No, it's all in my mouth and my throat. It is. That is ripe. <laughs> Good thing you weren't sick last week. <laughs> True. All right, I got uh, a tribute to the one and only Kobe Bean Bryant. Uh, It's a body armor, which he invested in. So I think that's why they rolled this out. Probably way too late. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a few years. Like what? But um, so it's strawberry, strawberry grape flavored, you know, purple and yellow. It's called Mamba Forever. Uh, it's got a little blurb, has his 8 and 24 jerseys. It says Mamba Mentality, a constant quest to be the best version of one's self. Ain't that the truth? That's the standard mentality, too, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. Uh, Kobe Bryant is a true inspiration to us all. Facts. His dedication to basketball, business, and family are constant motivators in our pursuit of better. His Mamba Mentality serves as a reminder to always follow our passions Forever grateful, forever thankful, Mamba forever. Mic drop. <laughs> Smells like great. <laughs> Shout out to all the flavor designers over there at Body Armor. Ooh, but it t- oh god, wait, yo, are they onto something? It tastes like um strawberry gogurt, bro. <laughs> wow, that's low key gas, but like with a hint of grape. It's like that's so interesting that it smelled more like grape and it came through more as I feel like that happens often with our drinks for some reason. The smell is deceiving. If you've yeah. ever learned something from the Standing Dust podcast, may it be that the smell is not always how it tastes. Sometimes it may be the opposite ingredient. It could this is it literally tastes like would you consider strawberries the opposite of grapes? No. Okay. 
<laughs> wow. That is so good. It literally tastes like yogurt. Or like uh, or maybe even um one of those berry yo plates. Ooh. Good Fire. signs all around. So is that, the what it, where does it end though? Where does it end up on the list? I know. See, I would like drink this after a workout for sure. Yeah, I've actually been on sipper. I've been on that grind recently, like um after I'm trying to run more. After a run, I'm like really craving like water doesn't do it for me. So I've been on that body armor. Electrolyte run. deficient. Wow. Are you probably electrolyte deficient? You probably. Uh so um I'm gonna give it a give it a, a seven. No, I'm gonna give it an eight flat. Eight, eight flat. Wow, I was expecting good. a seven, eight. There you go. Very good. Shout out body armor, man. It's probably their best flavor I've ever had. Ooh, blueberry acai would like to like to yeah, look like your location. That well, that sucks for you, man. <laughs> and I've got big news. What is it? <laughs> We've been ranked the number one podcast in America by the Dan News Report. In just one year? In just one year. That's all it took. Wow. Good for us. Um, these are based on a it's a based on a poll that I conducted uh, with key statistics based on my own podcast listening habits. So uh, <laughs> congratulations, we did it. Woo! Uh, speaking of uh, rankings, <laughs> how's that for a segue? Um, <laughs> Not contrived so, at all. Nope. So out in the world, there are you know rankings of universities or like you know the number one most innovative university, things like that. Ah, and yeah, I've always lists like that. <laughs> lists like that. And I've always thought and looked at them and I'm just like, how do they do this? Like, what, what is the thought process behind how they make up these lists? How do they determine one university is better than the other? Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. Yeah. So I didn't do any of this research. Someone else did. <laughs> but um, a professor at a, you know, very popular college, uh, Columbia University, mm-hmm. uh, recently did a research paper on this because he noticed that Columbia had ascended the rankings from being the 18th best university in the U.S. in 1988 all the way up to the number two university in 2022. The number two? The number two ranked university, Columbia. I think you're going to say what I've heard about these rankings, but continue. So he's like, we're, he, he noticed that this is the only university that has had such a meteoric rise mm-hmm. in the way that uh, in, in these yeah. types of rankings. And so he kind of started to take a deeper dive into why I thought it was very interesting. And he kind of questioned the validity of these, which is a bold move by a guy that works in the Columbia math department. Yeah. Uh, so this is Michael Thaddeus. He's a professor of math at Columbia university. Uh, he revised this, uh, well, he published it in February of this year, but it just came across my, my standing desk uh, recently. Ha! So I, ga- I gave his kind of research uh, a read and, it's very interesting. So they kind of take an 80, 20 approach to, well, actually, no, before we even get into this, Ben, not too long ago, we were uh, evaluating colleges, where to go, where not to go. Did you take any of these rankings into consideration when choosing or evaluating universities to go to? Um, not the official U S no, I, I mean, I didn't like, I kind of like, I didn't apply to that many colleges and there wasn't too much rhyme or reason. Like I had ones that I heard good things about, did some research. I like the locations and like, I picked some higher ranking ones, but it's not like I had to apply to the top 10. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I applied to two schools. (laughs) Uh, uh, So I I didn't really use these too much, but I did, I did know that my, my business school liked to use a lot of the rankings and stuff as promotional stuff because Mm -hmm. we typically were pretty highly rated Mm -hmm. in certain categories. So shout out, out, you know, Eller college of management. Um, so, so 80% of this assessment that's done by the U S news every year is done based on actual data from the universities and the schools, you know, and I'll kind of dig into what those are, but 20% is also based on a peer assessment survey which is kind of interesting. It's kind of like the NBA uh, right. all-star voting where part of it's peer voting, part of it's not. Uh, but unlike the NBA, this is actual statistical analysis and is meaningful. So <laughs> getting into kind of 
what makes up this information and why this guy's ultimate conclusion is that these rankings are BS. So that, mm-hmm. that's the overall conclusion here. But I was like, okay, but why? So mm-hmm. here's why Columbia took such a rise and why one, you should not rely on these. So one of the key metrics that they look at is the um, their undergrad class size. I think thinking there is, okay, the smaller the class, the more effective things uh, you're going to get beginning of an education makes a lot of sense. Are they doing a uh, <clears throat> educator to student ratio? Yeah, that is also included okay. as one of the metrics as well. Uh, but it is noted that undergrad class size is 8% of their rate of the weighting when it comes to scoring. Uh, so Columbia, you know, supposedly blew everybody else out of the water in this category. They, they their, their metrics came out saying 80% of the classes that they have are under 20 students, which is yeah. insane. Yeah, I think I had two classes yeah. my entire collegiate career that were under 20 kids. Mm-hmm. So that's impressive that they said 80% of their, un- and this is all for undergrad, by the way, that their undergrad classes were under 20 kids. However, Columbia is one of the few schools in the country that uses a slightly different data set for this information mm. than all of the other universities in the world. And why would that be, Ben? Because the way that they report things skews it so that they're a higher rated university than they actually are. So when it comes to this metric specifically, they the, the rule technically for the undergraduate piece is these are classes that are open to enrollment for undergrad students. Mm. Makes sense. You know, your 100 levels, your 200 levels, maybe even up to your 400 level classes. But the Columbia statistics decided to include any upper graduate or like ah, upper graduate or po- graduate? graduate. Yeah. The graduate programs that had any underclassmen enrolled in them. Mm. That's uh that's some uh yeah. So their actual number was 62% of their classes actually for undergrads only have 20 or less students in them, which is still a good number. Creative. It's some but, creative manipulation, that's all it is. Yep. Another just one clever, that, just being clever. I mean, maybe they are maybe they deserve to be the number two university based purely yeah. on the state of manipulation. <laughs> they should be number one in innovation. <laughs> True. Another one that stood out to me that I wanted to bring up was their spending on instruction. So, you know, logic has it that I spend more on my students. They're going to get a higher quality education or have access to better resources. Again, Columbia blew everybody out of the water saying that they spent, you know, over $3 billion on their students. Very impressive. Uh, A lot of other schools were closer in that to that $1 billion range. Uh, Harvard, Yale, and Princeton, uh, their total was less combined than what Columbia was reporting. Mm-hmm. So our this is kind of where my specialty also comes into play. This guy went deep into the r- records of the U.S. Department of Education, but also the consolidated financial statements of Columbia University to really dig into this. Mm-hmm. In their report to the U.S. Department of Education, they reported $3.1 billion, so the number that they used for the report, uh, in spending on instruction. In their consolidated financial statements, their instruction and educational administration total was $2 billion. Still impressive, but we're about a bill short. Right. It just so happened that that $1.2 billion difference was the exact amount that they also labeled as patient care expense. Mm. So they're counting the expenses of the care that is being received by like the nursing school or medical school as education spending on ah. the students. Scams. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the craziest things I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. You also like a healthcare. Yeah. Like healthcare costs. Yeah. yeah. Like they're taking that much money into account and calling it an education cost, like for spending it on the students. And it's not like for educational like a, a nursing class. It's for like some, ki- some kid needs care at yeah. the yeah. university hospital or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's what they counted as that. They also excluded transfer students from graduation data to give them an inflated higher rate because graduate students had a 10% lower graduation rate than, mm. right, than non-transfer students. Mm. Like, should this be legal? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that doesn't seem very fair. Especially it's, when so many kids probably rely on these rankings. 
Right. I mean, and then you think like, this is just something as simple as like, well, not simple, but like you think about all the different rankings that people tout and rely on, like, should there be any weight at all given to any ranking that either like a university, uh, we've talked about like workplaces as well, being like one of the yeah. best place ranked, best ranked places to work. Like, do we think there is any validity to any ranking system for something like that? I think it probably depends, but like, you're right. The methodology for so many of these things is it's never uniform. You know, it's not just like everyone uses the same data, same formulas, same thought process. That's not how it works. Every single institution, organization, whatever it may be, they use their own methodology, which is why there are so many different lists, et cetera, et cetera. So no, I don't think any of them matter, really. <laughs> but then, like, what do you think is a good way to determine, like, what either a good workplace is or, like, if I'm just, like, independently researching, like, do you think that there's a better way to go about it? Or do I have to just kind of say, well, they're ranked near the top, so they have to be solid? I think there, for workplaces, there should, I think open, have you heard of, uh, or not, Glassdoor? Glassdoor? Glassdoor, yeah, you've heard of Glassdoor, obviously. So, uh, for those that don't know, that's where you can leave a review of an employer, um, but you have to, or you can read reviews of employers, but you have to leave a review first um, before you can read reviews. And so that way it's not like, it's all fair and kind of balanced. Um, And I think there needs to be a better version of that. So like there's more transparency about it, like kind of a better Yelp for employers. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's the best system because obviously Yelp isn't the best system. What? I think that's like the closest you can get. Like I trust Yelp a good amount. Like at least the stars, not the, I don't really trust the reviews because usually there are like a lot of studies that show that you're more likely to leave a review if your experience was bad. Right. You're not likely to leave a a good review, you know? Yeah. Um, So I don't, I don't know how, uh, I'm sure this article covered other methodologies, but what, uh, part of what I've heard about the college rankings too, is like, part of it's about like graduate, a a lot of it's like graduate level stuff. So like the amount Mm. of grant money you, your graduate, uh, uh, like researchers get how many like, um, patents your, um, acquiring whatever and a lot of it's graduate based but for the undergraduate rankings so that's kind of also weird because interesting then you're evaluating where to go for undergraduate school or where to send your kid to graduate school shout out all of our 45 plus listeners um and it's based off of graduate level rankings you know so yeah i mean most go get a graduate degree so huh? what, what, like most people probably don't even get a graduate right. degree. No, yeah. So what's the point? Right. That's, that's goofy. That's, I'm sure there just like aren't enough metrics, um, you know, cause it's like, I don't know, curriculum is so different and there, some schools have a lot more majors than others, et cetera, but there's gotta be a better system. I used to kind of think it was goofy how like school districts would be like, we are an excellent school district, or, like have like those just, like kind of verbal ratings. But I almost think that that's better than just doing like a, a stern ranking. Like here yeah. is the echelon of university that it is, as opposed to saying, you know, we're number three in biomechanical engineering for rats or something like right. that. Like, yeah. we're, why is that a metric at all? Like, yeah. what are we actually measuring here? Yeah. Like a tier I mean- list. Everything should like be put on the tier of, list. It's also not fair because um, like a lot of the courses. So I took math classes at both U of A and Cal and they were very similar. Like they're both very rigorous, very challenging. It's not like U of A was just easier. Right. You know? It's not like the curriculum, they just like found easy curriculum. Right. And, give us that that's not how it works calculus is calculus (laughs) and i mean like same with econ like yeah materials material um and you know so i I think it would be better honestly to to rank schools based on the quality of professors because a lot of the times when you have challenging coursework 
what makes a difference is you is if you have an effective professor that can teach you right. that challenging coursework. So then you're pre- better prepared for the workforce or whatever it may be because of what you learn because of that teacher. Yeah. You know, that, like the curriculum stays the same usually regardless. Maybe it's right. marginally different, but is that like, did you have some notably better professors than others? Oh yeah. I mean like even just comparison of like, I, I like the math classes I took in high school, like I freaking hated math most years just because it wasn't my favorite thing. But then mm-hmm. when I got to college, I had a great calculus professor and like mm-hmm. I started to enjoy math and like I got a really great grade in calc, which I never got like super good grades like in math before. So it, it makes a crazy big difference. Right. And, like there's even professors that like I sought out to take like other classes from because I liked their teaching style, which is not necessarily saying that they're great professors, but more that it just like agreed more to my learning style, which is interesting. Like even when you're looking at something like professor rankings, that even is subjective. Yeah. Like there is no such thing. I feel like there's no true way to objectively rate up like a professor or university. It's true. It's very true. Which makes uh, it so difficult. Yeah. I don't know what the, uh, the solution is here, but it's a catch 22. Yeah. But at the end of the day, just don't trust those rankings of any kind. Don't, don't <laughs> trust anybody. Be paranoid. Trust nothing. Truth is fake. They're lying to you on the internet. Drain the swamp. It's all nepotism. <laughs> There's a whole, yeah, I, yeah. We, we could go a lot deep. We could have a whole bonus episode. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, okay, uh, other thoughts? Uh, no other thoughts on that besides uh, the only ranking that you should rely upon is the ranking for your own university because they would never lie. <laughs> And the ranking of the Stand Up Podcast is the um, is the number one podcast in America for the first year ever. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week.